What's up, guys? Max here, back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're having a great day. I am deliriously tired. I haven't slept in basically three days, but we're doing good. Naps here and there, getting through it. We're okay. I hope you guys are resting well. What's up to everybody in the chat and everybody listening on the podcast? It's great to have you here. Iron Lotus, Bricktown, all the members in the house, Bricktown, Mud Rock, Harry Lime Pie, uh, who else we got in here? Sam, I am. I'm sure Ark Uncle's out there somewhere creeping around. All the patrons in the chat. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We've got Alex in the house. We have got, who else is here? Corporal is here, a patron. We have got MC in the house. I just saw Game Hopes. What's up? Great to see you. Harry Lime Pie. Great to see you as well. Everybody in the chat. Good Robert Mingle. I'd sooner scuttle this butt before I see it fall into the hands of the enemy, he says. What a great line there for the beginning of the show. I have a great episode for you guys today. It is jam-packed. Justin, what's up? Just checked in in the chat. I knew Justin was out there. It's great to see all you guys. Let me ask you a question. Let me start this show off with a question. How do you like your Christmases, birthdays, Hanukkahs? How do you like your gift-giving days? Do you like a bunch of small gifts? Or do you like one gigantic present? I hope that the answer for today's show is a bunch of small gifts because I've got like 20 great stories, but nothing too crazy. No big bombshell story like I do sometimes, but the story that we are going to cover today about how people from right here in Okinawa from the 18th wing saved a life mid-air, and we're going to get to that near the end of the show, but we have tons of stuff to talk about today. We have tons of stuff. Just a reminder, everybody, you can go to scuttlebuttshow.com, check out all the great merch that we have. You can click that join button right below this YouTube video, or you can go to patreon.com and check out the Scuttlebutt Show. All those links in the description for all the great ways to become a part of the team and support the channel. So with all that being said, it's time to get to today's first story, which if you guys don't know, if you guys aren't aware, today is... National Day of the Deployed. So today is National Day of the Deployed, and I didn't even know about this, but the Army released a video. So we're going to start today's show with watching this video from the Army about the National Day of Deployed, of the Deployed. And, uh, and, and I guess, you know, shout out to everybody in Kuwait, or where is everybody deployed at right now? UAE? I mean, I hope you guys are having a good time. No, I'm just kidding. I know we got people out in Afghanistan, uh, not Afghanistan, but I, maybe we do have people in Afghanistan. Iraq, Africa, we've got people in the Pacific all around the world doing all kinds of cool stuff. So let's start today's show with watching the U.S. Army's video, National Day of the Deployed. And if anybody out there has any deployed loved ones, I hope that they're being safe and doing well. So let's check this out. This is a uh, U.S. Army National Day of the Deployed. Little kiddo on the screen. Planes taking off and landing. Boots on the ground. Embraces from loved ones. Mm 
That's sweet. A bunch of clips of loved ones returning home from deployment. You got a guy coming home from a 10-month deployment to find his wife six months pregnant. No, I'm just kidding. That was horrible. That was horrible. But you guys have heard the horror stories. I'd love to hear your homecoming deployment story when you got off the helo, when you got off the bus, and they made you stand there at attention until they released you to your family. People standing there with the signs. You guys know what I'm talking about. I, I personally have never had one of those homecomings. Uh, I, every deployment that I came home from was in, in some shape or form uneventful, not, not memorable, not full of loved ones, but I never had one of those big homecomings where you get off the plane and there's people down there with signs. I was always either like, you know, Advon going out and early de uh, redeployment coming home where you just kind of land at the airport and one friend is there, you take a taxi home or something like that. Uh, when I got home from my helicopter squadron deployment, I was a you know, single guy. I didn't have anybody standing out there with signs or anything like that, but it's always, but I didn't mind. That's not a sad story for me. That's totally fine. I was always heartwarmed, heart, heartwarmed, heartwarmed. It was heartwarming to see people out there with signs, embracing their loved ones, having a good time. It's awesome. Sam, I am in the chat says, Camp Schwab is a deployment, right? What about Okinawa? Shout out to my Okinawa t-shirt. My design available at scuttlebuttshow.com. The Okinawa seawall, perfect wave t-shirt. You can get this right now, this awesome t-shirt at scuttlebuttshow.com. So I'd love to hear about your guys' deployment homecomings as, uh, as what it was like and if there were big signs and people waving and big embraces and maybe you have a new child, maybe you have you know some new members of your family, new pets, something like that. Um, it's tough. Deployment's tough. So today's national day of the deployed. So shout out to everyone out there deployed. Everyone in Syria nuggets reminds me of people in Syria, everybody everywhere doing the good work so we can rest easy and enjoy our time with our family and friends. Thank you for being out there right now. Celebrate national De day of the deployed. Trying to make us cry with the first video today. MC says MC from who's also a patron as well. Thank you very much. Yes, I guess it's going to be a full episode of all kinds of stuff, ups and downs. It's going to be a roller coaster. Let's see. Bricktown says, I guess my sushi could use a little more salt. I'm going to, I'm just going to turn that into a metaphor about the video in my mind. Let's see. San, uh, our Congo says he spent a great year on Okinawa with the third tanks. Nice. Nuggets is crying. Where is Emma at? Where is Emma at? Where is Emma? We need the army to provide some kind of proof of life video. We've got a, we've got a bunch of, we're going to watch things today. We're going to watch a bunch of things today because I'm um, I don't know, maybe because I'm exhausted, you know, but it's always good when branches poke fun at each other. I really like that. I like the interbranch rivalry, camaraderie, the, the making fun that people do. And Task and Purpose dropped a great article with, with a video. So I don't know what you would call it. The difference between Air Force and Navy pilots in one short video. I didn't mean to say, say Air Forest, whatever. It's, that's that sleep deprivation. But the Air Force released this one video. It's from a flight line where first we see an Air Force pilot landing, then we see a Navy pilot landing. And if you ever wonder what the difference is between flying on an Air Force aircraft and a Navy aircraft, worry or wonder no longer. Here it is. So check this out. Air Force plane coming in. Look at that beautiful, smooth landing. Look at that. What a professional. What a pro landing, For gliding down the runway. You could sleep through that. Here comes the Navy. 
Boom, Jesus, the tires exploding, it looks like. That's just the, you know, the, the air kicking up from the ground. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, did you guys see that? <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. And the, the Navy's coming in with those hard landings, giving people bad backs left and right, getting them into the VA to be denied healthcare <laughs> for their claims, saying not service connected. You're landing like that in the Navy day in and day out, and they're gonna go not service connected for a bad back. Are you kidding me? That's a classic Navy pilot right there. Bring it in hard and fast. I appreciate that. Go Navy. The Air Force can be all gentle and nice. We're gonna talk about the Air Force later throughout this episode, but the Navy brings it in hard, fast, no apologies, no regrets, not even one letter. That was a rough landing, you guys. If you're listening on the podcast, basically, this was a fixed-wing aircraft landing like a helicopter, just straight down onto the ground, straight down onto the ground. It was rough. It was rough. And it's be maybe it's because, like Corporal says in the chat, you know, the Navy's got to fly those jets onto the deck of an aircraft carrier and catch one of those arresting wires. That is a small target. That is a very small target on the aircraft carrier that they have to hit right there. And if you guys don't realize this, the arresting gear on the back, the aft end of an aircraft carrier is steps away from falling off the back of the ship. You are steps away. So they have a 20-foot landing range that they have to hit on a moving aircraft carrier tilting like this. I guess those pilots just said, hey, if I can do it on a ship, I can do it on a runway. So they went for it full, full send into that runway. Oh, man. Today's a good episode, guys. Hump day out here in Okinawa. Hump day out here in Okinawa. Eric S. says, is it true you need to be have better eyesight to qualify as a Navy pilot than an Air Force pilot? I've never heard that, but um, me, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm not sure. So we've got a... A, a controversial guy, a controversial guy named John Cena. You guys know John Cena? What is he? You can't see me? Something like that. John Cena. He's a wrestler. He uh, he wrestled in uh, the professional sense. He was in the ring with guys like who wrestles now? Um, Bret Hart. Does the Undertaker still wrestle? Does where's what's Mankind doing these days? John Cena. In talks to star an action comedy film. John Cena in talks to star an action comedy film where he's going to be playing a special forces operator. Can you guys believe it? Can you guys believe John Cena might be in a movie playing a military guy? John Cena does. It seems like John Cena loves the military. I know what you guys are going to say in the chat. I know what you guys are going to say in the comments about John Cena. Whatever. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to give you the underhand pitch. You guys can put it in there if you want to. But John Cena loves the military. According to him, he has his own TV show. What's it called? Like Grit, True Grit or something like that. I know it's the name of a movie, but it was something like that. Where he took veterans and had them coach civilians through military-themed obstacles and stuff. He seems to be a supporter, at least publicly, and I appreciate that. John Cena is in negotiation to be in the action comedy film Freelance. You know it's good when a movie full of hundreds of dead bodies in the body count also has the, the line comedy in the genre. You know he's going to be schwacking hundreds of dudes in this movie, but with a, with a funny side too. The film is set to be directed by Pierre Morel, who did Taken and District 13, so that's optimistic. District 13's a great movie. Taken's a great movie. I wonder what specific set of skills John Cena has to be taken on the bad guys in this. 
The synopsis of the film is, the project, which is budgeted in the $40 million range, follows a special forces operator, Cena, who decides to retire from the army and start a family back in the States. Classic, classic, but the, every time he tries to get out, they pull him back in. After several years of mortgage payments, school drop-offs, backyard barbecues, and trying to conform to life in suburbia, he decides to come out of retirement to take a gig providing security for a female journalist as she interviews a cruel dictator who may or may not have ordered the attack on him and his men. When a military coup breaks out in the middle of the interview, the three are forced to escape into the jungle where they must survive the elements, the military, and one another. It's going to be shooting in uh, Colombia. Cena continues to remain busy after the Suicide Squad spinoff that he was in where he played Peacemaker, which is getting his own TV show as well. He's in Fast and the Furious. And the last time he wrestled was in August at SummerSlam where he lost to Roman Reigns. I don't even know who Roman Reigns is. Isn't that like a, a, a performance enhancement drug for the bedroom? Isn't that like something I've seen advertised on, on uh, YouTube before, something like that? It's, uh, that's cool. I like John Cena. I've got no problem with John Cena. I can't, uh, I can't complain. Ooh, sorry, guys. I, uh, I've got no complaints about John Cena there. He's a cool dude, I guess. He seems to be doing his best for the military. Guys, I, if you're listening on the podcast, I just said, oops. I realized I had all of the, uh, the, the notifications on screen so where people can see their text messages and all the uh, information about the show. I had that blocked off on the screen from something else that I was working on, but I just had to put that back up there. So that's back up there. So now we're good. I'm telling you guys, I'm tired. I was working all night, all morning. I was at the gym last night. I was at the gym last night, midnight, working on these fitness videos, videos for you guys. And then I came back and I edited them and they're going up on YouTube as we speak. So if you guys have not already subscribed to Scuttlebutt Fitness, either in a new tab right now or at the end of this episode, look up Scuttlebutt Fitness and make sure you guys are subbed to that so you can follow along. If you need workouts at home, if you're preparing for the military, if you want to get some fitness in, I am posting great workouts. They are challenging. They are set to time. You can make your own playlists. Whatever you want to do, I'm doing this for you guys because you guys asked and I enjoy it, so I'm doing it. These fitness videos are growing on the library and they are super fun. They have music. They have their own music. They have me coaching you along through all the moves. So make sure you get over there to Scuttlebutt Fitness and try out some of those workouts. You can do most of them at home or with little or no equipment and they are super legit. We got 100 burpees going up today and uh, a leg workout that's going to make you struggle to walk the day after you do it. But it's fun. It is all fun, and it's going to get you guys those sick gains. So what's going on in the chat over here? How do you guys feel about John Cena? Is it true you need better? Oh, we already talked about that. Let's see. I'll bet the wheels fall off all the time, Mark Uncle says, of the aircraft. Who sang the cover for Wellerman? That was Stream Beats, a guy named Harris Heller. So if you guys are interested in checking it out, just look up Stream Beats. Uh, Stream, S-T-R-E-A-M, Beats, B-E-A-T-S. Sam says, I'll keep my feet on the ground and walk. If you look closely, you can see L plate. What is that from? Same here, I march. You have to be a god to be a Navy pilot. That's a good compliment for Navy pilots right there. Ever seen John Cena announcing the death of Osama bin Laden, most American thing ever? No, I've not seen that. Scuttlebutt, John Cena made a video apologizing. I knew somebody was going to bring that up. I knew somebody was going to bring that up. That's what I was talking about earlier. I don't know. I don't know what kind of business he's got going on with China. That was definitely not a good look for sure. The Wall looks like a pretty good war film. React to the trailer. The Wall? Okay, I have not seen that. 
Would it be better than Jarhead 3? What can be better than Jarhead 3? The Marine, shoot everything that moves. The Marine is a good movie, too. I'm not mad. Uh, and when I say good movie, I mean, like, in Jarhead 3 sense. I mean, like, in a, in a borderline, like, laughable kind of way. Um, kind of like, what was it with Mark Wahlberg? Was it Sniper? Another one that was uh, just kind of crazy. Just kind of crazy. I'm not mad about it. I just think it's pathetic, Bricktown says. We talking about WWE. Ike, Ike is all about WWE. But Max remembers what the sleep specialist said. No sleep, no gains. Ah, oh, but sometimes, you know, life just gets you, though. Um, what's up, Eviana? Thank you, Eviana. This shirt's available at scuttlebuttshow.com. This is one of my uh, one of my shirts, which you guys can go check out. I have, uh, I have not gotten much sleep in the last couple of days. That's for sure. That is for sure. But we're working on it. We're getting there. Today's episode, like yesterday's, it's going to take as long as it takes to get through today's episode, I guess. I have a kind of an urgent situation going on here in, in Okinawa. Everything's okay. Nobody's hurt or anything like that. But I know I told you guys last week about how I couldn't wait to get the new Apple computer as well. I, I'm not running out to get a new laptop or anything like that. But yesterday, I updated my MacBook Pro that I currently have to the new operating system and it has not turned on since. So it stopped charging, it stopped turning on, I have, and I have to use it for work this weekend. So I'm gonna be leaving after today's show to head over to the local Apple Repair Center, which is right down the street from my house, and get that to them so they can figure out why my computer just decided to stop working. That is not good. That is not good at all for me. And I need to get something figured out by this weekend. So hopefully it'll be a simple fix of just like, Checking out the battery, maybe plugging something back in. I don't know, but uh, it's not a good situation right now. I urgently need that fixed in preparation for this weekend for sure. Sam, I am Max's luck. I know on the week where I'm not sleeping, it's not the first time that I've downloaded an update for an Apple product and it just stopped working. Years ago, many years ago, I, by the way, guys, I have to tell you the story about the, when I got my first iPod. That's a great story for Friday for Quanda. I'll have to got, tell you guys the story of when I got my first iPod. Somebody please remember to ask me about that on Friday because there's no way I'll be able to remember on my own. So I had an old iPod touch, the little square ones. That wasn't a square. I tried to make a square with my fingers. You guys listen to the podcast. It was a disaster. You can't really make a square with your fingers too well. So I had the little iPod touch and, I, and that thing used to have software. So I downloaded the software update for it and it never turned on again. So I go to the Apple store in Fashion Valley, San Diego, California, and I said, hey, I downloaded the update for this thing. Never worked again. They go in the back, they come out, and they just handed me a new one. And they said, here, have a great day. No questions asked. I didn't have a warranty or nothing. I just told them I downloaded the update, it didn't work, and they gave me a new one. So We'll see what happens today. I'll keep, if something happens, I'll keep you guys posted on my Instagram story, which is always pretty lit. If you guys are not following me on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing. You should be for sure. I keep my story fire over there. With the price tag on Apple products, it's absolutely insane how often their stuff breaks for no reason, Bricktown says. Apple tax, as they say. Gotta love that deregulated capitalism. Smells like planned obsolescence. Uh, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you. But uh, I kind of enjoy using their products too at the same time. So I guess I got to take the good with the bad. I guess it's partly my fault. So a new one or refurb? It was a brand new one, Bricktown. It was a brand new one. You know what else is brand new besides my transitions? 
are the Marine Corps' new tattoo policies. So let's talk about that. The Marine Corps may soon allow sleeve tattoos among, among other ink policy changes. So on one hand, you have a tattoo, and on the other hand, more tattoos. So the Marine Corps, shockingly, shockingly, you guys might not realize this, but the Marine Corps has the strictest tattoo policies. You would think Marines being devil dogs, being hardcore, that they would want them tatted up. Tattoos on their face, eyeball tattoos, you name it. You, you think you would want these Marines tatted up. But no, Marines have very strict tattoo policies. But that is changing. If a leaked email is true, the Marine Corps may soon allow sleeve tattoos an unlimited number of tattoos for officers and allow future recruiters and drill instructors to sport visible ink. An email with some details of a potential new policy was posted to the unofficial USMC Reddit page on Tuesday morning and since has been deleted. Interesting. Many Marines have long, long wanted a more relaxed tattoo policy, but citing professionalism and heritage, which is like the most, you know, Article 92 thing you could possibly say, uh, the Marine Corps has continued to enforce the strictest ink policy in the Department of Defense. We are currently evaluating the tattoo policy, and we will publish an update shortly, Major Jim Stanger confirmed to Marine Corps Times. Stanger said in the email on Reddit likely came from a Marine leader giving a heads up on possible changes coming to Marine Corps policy. He insisted that no decisions on the tattoo policy are final. That's all pre-decisional, he says, and nothing in there has been decided upon by the decision makers in the process of approving any changes. So that's some jargon right there. The email post on Reddit appeared to be sent by a sergeant major who would definitely know because sergeant majors are the gods of uniform regulations with the crest in the upper left corner appearing to belong to Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort. So Beaufort had the, uh, that was their stationary, that was their letterhead. The email alleged that most restrictions on size, number, and placement of tattoos will be gone, and instead the Marine Corps will place a greater emphasis on the actual content of the tattoos. Oh man, what a day to have been kicked out for, you know, or not recommended for retention because of tattoos. What a day. I feel bad for anybody who had uh, to face that. Marine Corps officers are currently restricted to four visible tattoos while wearing the physical training uniform, which means very short shorts and short sleeves. Got to love those short shorts, those silkies for days. I love my silkies. Four visible tattoos while wearing a PT uniform. All ranks face size restrictions for visible tattoos. It used to be the size of the fist. I don't know. That's a weird like pose for me to make. But it used to be if you could cover the tattoo with your fist, it was okay. And the face size restrictions for visible tattoos while tattoos on the neck, face, elbow, hands, or knees are banned with the exception of one small ring-like tattoo on a finger because a lot of people get their wedding band tattooed on their finger. Not for me, but uh, it is for a lot of people. The new policy will be the same for all ranks and elbows and knees will no longer be off limits. You're allowed to use elbows and knees. So uh, just like the UFC, I guess. Marines will be allowed to have tattoos in the V portion of the neck. I don't know what that means. Is that like here? The email said through doing so would mean they must wear a crew neck t-shirt in uniform. Though doing so must so that you can't wear your V-neck in uniform anymore or uh, or go uh, or go um, shirtless is what I mean. You have to wear an undershirt if you have neck tattoos. If sleeve tattoos were allowed, it would be the first time since 2007. So the decision to ban sleeves was made out and a sleeve tattoo being where you have tattoos all the way from your shoulder to your wrist. The decision to ban sleeves was made after the 2006 Sergeant Major Symposium. Could you imagine being at the Sergeant Major Symposium? 
everyone's just staring at each other's haircuts. Just staring at each other's haircuts. Just nobody looking each other in the eyes. Just people circling each other, trying to get around to the back of the heads. Hey, I can't see the back. I can't see the back of your head. Where's my ruler? Somebody's got a, he's got a staff sergeant with some pre-filled out counseling chits following him around. Sergeant majors giving each other, calling each other devil dog and giving each other counseling chits. Can you imagine being at the sergeant's major, sergeant's major symposium? What a party that must have been. What a party that must have been. Everyone talking about back in their day. And even though they probably were all in around the same day, it was probably the 1990s. And uh, just having a good old time. Actually, in 2006, it would have been the 80s. They would have been talking about the good old 80s, hanging out, listening to David Bowie, just chilling. Appearances are a direct reflection of the Marine Corps, and it is and it is felt excessive tattoos are not in line with the traditional values of the Marine Corps. Then Lieutenant Brian Donnelly said in 2007. Prior to 2007, Marines were only prohibited from neck and head tattoos. So that's an interesting change. That's an interesting change. So you had uh, you had tattoos were, were all good. Then in 2007, I was already in the military when the Marine Corps basically banned tattoos. There is a screenshot here of the email. It says, this week, the update to the MCBUL to the tattoo policy will be on the street. A lot of the restrictions were lifted. Bluff, bottom line up front. We will have one tattoo policy that covers both enlisted and officers. Sleeve tattoos will be authorized. However, the main issue will be the content of the tattoo. Marines can apply to any SDA with sleeve tattoo. Final determination will be at MMEA. God, the military. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this and you're just hearing me recite the alphabet, it's just because that's the way that the military decides uh, to, to handle business. No restrictions for the amount of tattoo officers amount of tattoo officers can have, tattoos officers can have, including MECEP and WO programs. No more than four visible tattoos for officers. No more. No more four visible tattoo rule. Validation of the tattoos during the HTWT verification. Tattoos are not authorized C7 and above. C7? It says C7 and above. No tattoos in the face, head. Oh, is that the, the spine? Are you talking about the spine? No tattoos in the face, head, or hand with the exception of a ring tattoo with certain dimensions. If you have a tattoo in the V portion of the neck, you have to wear a crew neck t-shirt. I think CMC, SMMC will film a quick Marine Minute on this new policy. If somebody told me, hey, Petty Officer Bloom, what's up, Master Chief? Go inspect all your sailors. Make sure there's no tattoos above the C7. I'd be like, roger that. And then I wouldn't do anything because I would have no clue. How do they have... A average, average, you know, average Marine Corps special operations dude checking everybody's C7. Hey, let me see your C7. I'm going to go to the exchange today, and if I see a Marine, I'm like, let me check your C7, devil dog. Let me check it out. Where's your C7 at? And I'm just going to watch them go for their pockets. Uh, I don't know. Dude, I don't have it on me. I'm going to be like, that's unsat. I'm going to need you to go home, get your C7, and then come on back here and report to me in front of Panda Express. All right? Are you ready? We got Panda Express, Taco Bell, and Popeye's Chicken. I'm going to need you here in the center of that triangle of fast food with your C7. Okay? I need it. I need that right now. Hustle. Double time. And we'll just see what happens, I guess. The new policy relaxed restrictions on the size of tattoos, but still banned sleeves and restricted career opportunities. Banning sleeve tattoos and restricting career opportunities. That's how the Marine Corps decided to handle business back in 2007. At the height of fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan, they're like, you know what we can't have? Tattoos. We need to start kicking Marines out if they want to get a tattoo. 
We are not in a rock and roll band than Marine Corps. Commandant Robert Neller told Marine Corps Times in 2016, we are Marines. We have a brand. People expect a certain thing from us. Here's the here's the problem that I find a lot with this kind of stuff. With, with uh, leadership, here's the problem. They have to follow policy whether they believe in the policy or not. Okay, I've told you guys this before. When I was going up for a Sailor of the Year board or quarter or whatever it was, somebody said that when they went up, they gave this answer. They were a different rank than me. We were talking about it. They said, what's your, what's your opinion on the repeal of don't ask, don't tell? And he said, my opinion is the Navy policy. My opinion doesn't matter. I'm a petty officer. My opinion is Navy policy. And I was like, that's a great answer if you're a corporate man. And, uh, and he was a very successful sailor. Very successful to this day, I believe. And, you know, that's how these leaders go. I don't know if that commandant gives a damn about tattoos. He probably doesn't. But then as he goes, you know, we just can't have tattoos. That goes against everything we stand for in the Marine Corps. If they came out and changed the policy, if the commandant in the Marine Corps came out and changed the policy, then the sergeant major in the Marine Corps would be like, we, we, we're, we believe that tattoos do not affect the integrity of the Marine Corps or the integrity of the Marine. And they'll just change. Their opinions on things are not real. They are the epitome of the company man. They have to follow policy. That's a known thing. So don't expect anything different. These, these military leaders, they have to kind of hold the line of policy and they keep their personal opinions to themselves. So if you go ask somebody, what, you know, a, a sergeant major in the Marine Corps, what they think of the tattoo policy, they'll just say that they love whatever the policy is if they're speaking in an official capacity and their personal feelings might be different, but that's what they have to do. That's their deal. So what do you guys think? Will allowing sleeve tattoos ruin the Marine Corps? Is this the next thing that's going to ruin the military? Because it seems like something every week now. Every week. A few weeks ago, it was women with ponytails. Here's my question. I was thinking about this the other day. Here's the reason why I was thinking about it. I was at Kanina, Risner Gym, and I saw several men who were definitely active duty with man buns. And I, I realized something. If they let women have ponytails now, how long till men can have ponytails? I mean, what's, what's the difference? Let's think about this. Let's break this down for a second. Women can be infantry. Women can be rangers. Women can be seals, in theory. So why can't men have long hair? This is a, this is a reasonable question to ask. If women can do everything men can do, why can't men do everything women can do? Why can't men get that long hair? Why can't men wear a ponytail? What, how, what does it affect operationally? If a woman can do it with a ponytail, how come I can't do it with a ponytail as a bro? I'm a bro. I'm trying to rock the man bun. I'm trying to have the ponytail. So let's see. It's only a matter of time, I say. There's no good, uh, there's no good answer. Uh, you guys tell me. If you can tell me why men can't have long hair operationally if simultaneously women can then let me know in the comments i don't think there's a good answer to that bricktown tattoos might make us look bad there you go sam i am says i had awesome guys that couldn't get selected to go to ocs because of the tattoos no matter what they were and what they meant yep true r kunkel says if i have an opinion my wife will give it to me i like that i like that answer Larry says, as previously stated, I'm not a tattoo guy. Yep, that's fine. That's fine. 
Sam says, I don't think it'll ruin the Marine Corps. I don't think tattoos are an indicator of level of character to the extent it isn't derogatory, of course. Apps, I, I agree. And some of the best, toughest, hardest working and smartest people I know have some really stupid tattoos. So there's no doubt that uh, people can still do stuff with tattoos. Traditional military values, Max. MC says, I think not having a bun is a safety hazard, just my opinion. You know, it is a safety hazard when you're working around heavy equipment. You get your hair caught in a in a in a gear or something like that. You're you're gonna be in bad shape. Sir Nugget says everyone should always have a buzz cut. It looks sick and keeps enemy combatants from grabbing one's hair and playing dirty in hand to hand combat. Change my mind. It's because one should spend more time cleaning their weapon rather than combing their hair. Mud rock with the from the top rope with the perfect answer. Why are these Marines worried about their haircuts when they should be cleaning their weapons? That's the uh, that's the question of the day right there. So. All right, we got to keep moving, you guys. We got a lot of stories to cover today. That, I spent more time on that one than I thought I was going to, but it was a pretty legit story. Thank you guys for bearing with me there through that one. If you have not already liked this video, what are you even doing? Like this video, share this content, invite your friends to come watch, and if you haven't already checked out memberships and Patreon, I encourage you guys to do so. Checking out Patreon or becoming a member by clicking join down below automatically gets you 10% off the online store. So you guys can go check that out right now while we're talking about this next story. Judge to sentence two neo-Nazi group members, including an army veteran under terrorism law. And this is, I know this is going to stir it up. This is going to stir the pot with this one and probably get this channel demonetized. Two neo-Nazi group members intended to engage in terrorist activity before FBI agents arrested them ahead of a pro-gun rally in Virginia, it says. U.S. District Judge Theodore Chuang, Chuang decision to apply a terrorism enhancement in sentencing the men favors prosecutors' recommendation that both of them get 25 years in prison. So what they're saying happens here, Canadian Armed Forces Reservist Patrick Jordan Matthews and U.S. Army veteran Brian Mark Lemley planned to carry out a massacre, a massacre, inspired by their white supremacist ideology. Defense lawyers say an undercover FBI agent tried in vain to bait the two damaged military veterans into developing a plan for violence at a January 2020 gun rights rally at a Virginia state capitol in Richmond, Virginia. So what they're, what the defendants are saying is that the, an undercover FBI agent tried to entrap them or bait them into doing this plot, tried to target them as being vulnerable because they've been damaged by their military service, either from PTSD or whatever it is, they don't really go into detail about it, and try to convince them. Men who otherwise would never have done something like this to become violent terrorists. That's what they're saying. FBI agents arrested Lemley and Matthews and a third member of a white supremacist group called The Base. And if you guys don't know The Base, I've talked about it on this show before. The reason I talked about it was because of the actual white supremacist groups. The Base, Adam Waffen is another one, who commit violent crimes all throughout the United States. And they have seriously extreme members, but they... They get a pass, I guess. Nobody wants to go protest outside of their house. Why? Because they're actually dangerous. So you're not going to see a bunch of protesters going after the base, even though they're hiding in plain sight. They can be found. No problem there. They are actually dangerous to people, but you're not going to find any protest there because people only protest when there's little to lose for them. That is the new protest. And I don't mean to go on this tangent here, but I get so annoyed because I bet so many people out there who care so much about 
injustice and racism and equal opportunity and civil rights, never heard of the base. Okay, and I've drawn attention to it before because if you guys go back to an earlier video on this channel from about a year ago, Ethan Melzer, you probably heard me say his name on the show before, a guy who was in the army, sold out his unit, was planning with ISIS, neo-Nazis, and Satan to ambush his own unit when they went on deployment, when they went on deployment, and now he's in jail. So you guys can go check that out. But if you're a true advocate against racism and white supremacy and extremism, where are you at when people like the base and Adam Waffen come through and sexually assault and murder people on a regular basis? Well, I don't know about a regular basis, but freq frequently enough to be, in, to be known for it. That's my, that's my rant about that. FBI agents arrested them and including a member from the base. The group has been a leading proponent of accelerationism, a fringe philosophy that advocates using mass violence to hasten society's collapse. Lemley and Matthews pled guilty in June to gun charges, but they were not charged with any violent crimes. The judge agreed to apply a terrorism enhancement to their sentences, which significantly increases the recommended prison sentences. It doesn't much matter what the specific motivation was, but the idea that they were intending to replace the U.S. government is relevant to this enhancement. So now it sounds curious. Now it sounds like the judge is saying, well, maybe the FBI did kind of coerce them, but hey, they were going to do it. I don't like that. I don't like that very much at all. If Because you got to wonder if the FBI did nothing, what would they have done? Would they ever have been a problem? It's like minority report type stuff. Prosecutors called them domestic terrorists who prepared for a civil war, discussed how to break racist South Carolina mass killer Dylan Roof out of death row and talked about assassinating a Virginia lawmaker. So that is not good at all. The court's probation office calculated a sentencing guidelines of 33 to 41 months imprisonment in both cases. Lemley's lawyer is seeking a sentence within those guidelines. Chuang isn't bound by any of those recommendations, the judge. So they're saying that these guys did not... These guys were not innocent bystanders provoked by the FBI, that they were bad dudes trying to do bad stuff. And luckily, because of the FBI, is the only reason that they didn't do it. So we'll see about that. We'll see what happens with that. I'll keep up with that case if I get any more uh, info on it, and I'll let you guys know. MC with the 99 cents super chat. Thank you very much. Dropping the dumbbell. There will be dumbbell workouts coming on Scuttlebutt Fitness. So if you guys have some dumbbells at home, you can get them from Walmart, Walmart in the news recently. You can get them there and you can uh, and you can follow along with me. All you need is some light weights. I, I, I'll tell you guys, five, 10 pounds for women, 15, 20 pounds for men, I'll put you through the hardest workout of your life with that much weight. Let's see what's going on here in the chat. I think a ponytail would be a poor asset in combat, <laughs> Art Kunkel says. I hope woke culture doesn't end up in the military, Ica says. Well, there's definitely some of it. It's because one should spend more time cleaning her guns. Great. That's a great quote from Mudrock. I got to I gotta keep that going. Robert Mingle says, tattoos are a fundamental part of naval tradition and military maritime culture changed my mind. I love my tattoos. I plan on getting more tattoos. Mudrock was watching the chat from way back in the dark depths of the room just to leave a mic drop. Sam I am says. Mudrock enjoying the uh, compliments on his comment. MC, thank you for a 99 cent super chat. I really appreciate it. Terrorism and white supremacy never go well together. I've been in the military for the last 25 years and never met an extremist just saying, Pro Hero says. I've, I definitely have, but they were reformed. I, I knew someone who was a reformed white supremacist who was in the military now, had covered up tattoos and all kinds of stuff. And they were a decent enough person. You know, I, I believe that people can, I've talked about this on the show before. 
I believe that a lot of people use the military as a way out of those types of situations and that people do deserve a chance to reform their life if they haven't been convicted and sentenced away to any horrible, you know, pr long-term prison sentences. You know, why can't people get their life on the right track? Let's see. I can remember skinheads ruining the underground music scene back in the late 80s, early 90s. Let's see. Harry Lime Pie, $2 super chat. Bricktown Media, $2 super chat. Choo-choo on the train. Wow, thank you guys so much. It's making me feel uh, it's making me feel humbled on a Wednesday as I'm sleep deprived. You guys are making my day. Thank you so much. Um, how did he contact Satan? How does anybody do it? Ouija board, candles, pentagrams, classic stuff. Let's see. There is minority report type policing in our country currently. I think they call it predictive policing. I'll DM some links to you. Thanks. I would check that out for sure. Also, nice drone. I did see your I did see your text, but it was like when I saw it, it was like a weird time. So I appreciate you sending it. Robert Mingle, do we even kill people for treason, domestic terrorism anymore? Anything less seems silly. No, I don't think so. Weren't the two, uh, whatever happened with the Boston Marathon bombers? They're just chilling in prison, right? Pro Hero with a 499 Super Chat. Going to get a Scuttlebutt Tram Stamp tattoo for you, Max. Well, thanks very much. I'm, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll use, the, I'll use the Super Chats today to go get myself a tattoo. How about that? Anybody drops a Super Chat today, it will go directly to my next tattoo. Talking about naval, you should try Sea of Thieves. Oh, interesting. I'll check that out. Is that a game? What is that? The donos get higher, higher. MC, praise hands. Yes, thank you. Eviana, you want to use the guy's weight? Of course you can. You can use more weight than me if you want to. But what I will say, if you guys are over at Scuttlebutt Fitness and you're following along with my workouts, try them first. The workouts I'm putting up there are tough, okay? Before you go and click Enhance, Enhance on my workouts, try them first. Because the ones, if they're intermediate or advanced, they're going to be pretty tough. All right, guys, we got a few more stories to get to today, including about the Air Force up in the flying high, saving lives. But we've got this one first. You just had to scoot. Electric scooters help airmen whiz around U.S. airbase in western Tokyo. I'm done. I'm so done. The Air Force has everything. I'm so jealous. Airmen can now zip around the largest U.S. military base in Tokyo on electric scooters designed to make it easier for them to get from point A to point B. They've straight up got the bird scooters on the Yokota Air Base in Japan. Nikki MGTV's riding around on these things, and it's day like 93 of him not buying anything from ScuttlebuttShow.com. Ten scooters provided by Bird Rides Japan have been posted at the home of U.S. Forces Japan since October 7th, just in time for trick-or-treating on those things. If all goes well, 30 to 50 of the devices will be operating on the base by early November. The idea for having them at Yokota was pitched during a competition at Yoko Works Dojo and Innovation Lab at Yokota. I love these innovation labs. I like that a lot. These, like, you know, idea houses, shared workplaces where people go and they encourage ideas and see what happens. Airmen at Edwards Air Force Base in California started zooming around on two wheels on September 2nd, 2020. Hey, it's just so convenient. You got to try it. Scooters have gotten well, Love said, noting that the base added to its fleet since they were first introduced. He said he expects the primary scooter driver will be the young airmen without access to vehicles. Totally. So are we going to get scooter parking in front of the commissary? New members of the community and people in Japan on temporary duty as well will be using those things. On October, an October 18th post about the scooters in Yakota's official Facebook page drew a range of comments. Some posted the idea, some praised the idea, I should say, while others predicted injuries. Yes, drinking and driving around on these things is a surefire way to get yourself hurt. So these look like slick little scooters. If you guys have ever ridden a bird scooter, it's just so convenient. You got to try it. 
Now, the problem with these things is they litter the streets. They litter the streets. People leave them wherever. But it says, signs warning people not to ride on the road have been posted where the scooters are parked. And there are designated parking areas for these things at the main locations that they're assuming people will be uh, using them at. It costs a dollar to start and 25 cents a minute after that. They go like 15, 20 miles per hour. These things are super fun. The rider must be at least 18 years old and that they cannot travel off base or carry passengers. I love riding my one wheel on Kadena Air Force Base. They don't even make me wear a helmet. It's so cool. Yakota plans to add scooter stations close to homes and workplaces after feedback from the community. Bird Ride Japan is responsible for charging, repairing, and rebalancing the scooters, which means people get jobs, people get rides, everybody's having a good time, except there are probably going to be a lot of broken collarbones, clavicles, if you will, and that won't be fun for anybody. Let's see. What's going on in the chat here? Thank you guys for all those super chats. That's awesome. Air Force Strong. 100 burpees kicked my ass. Well, there's a 100 burpees video going up today, MC, that's going to be even harder. I can bench 300, Ica says. There's a girl in the gym that benches 20 pounds more than me. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Green Block. Ben What's up, Green Block? Welcome to the show. I bench 145, he says. Um, Marines will get the used one soon, say 20 years on the scooters, probably. Let's see. Air Force has electronic scooters. Yes, it is LOL. Sure gives me a run for my money in the gym, that girl says. Uh, that girl does. Good job, Ika. Hey, I am outpaced by my wife in the gym every time we go work out together. Brickdown says, I tried riding one of these kinds of things in Austin and nearly ate crap, so I just walked the two miles round trip. Don't drink and ride, or, you know, ride slower. I have trouble walking and chewing gum. I feel like this would be a hazard to my life, MC says. If you guys have ever ridden those bird scooters, I'd love to hear about it in the comments. Does it have a cup holder for the chew high? That's a great question, Harry Lion Pie. I don't think so. In the state of Texas, you can technically get a DWI if you're drunk riding these scooters around. Oh, same thing in California. I'm sure it's the same thing here, too. Mudrock says, R. Kunkel, a sergeant major, will say scooting leads to decline in good order and discipline. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Green block. Sorry I didn't smile when I say hi to you. I, uh, I'm, happy to, I'm very happy to see you in the chat today. I hope you're happy to see me, too. If you're, uh, if you're out in Okinawa, you might have seen me working out on Canadian Air Force Base, filming videos, and uh, making them for you guys. So Scuttlebutt Fitness is up and running. Make sure you guys are subscribed. The channel is called Scuttlebutt Fitness. It's easy to find, so go check that out. Now, for the headline story of today. Air Force recognizes aeromedical techs for emergency response aboard flight in Japan. Bravo Zulu to the 18th Aeromedical Evacuation Squadron. But, you know, they didn't go into this expecting to medevac somebody. They didn't go into this expecting to have some kind of event. What happened here? People being so dumb is what it really is. A team of aeromedical professionals was recognized recently by the 18th Wing at Kadena Air Base on Okinawa for providing emergency care to a passenger suffering from decompression sickness on a flight in Japan. You're not supposed to fly after diving. This is basic knowledge. Five members, the 18th Aeromedical Evacuation Squadron, were 45 minutes into their Japan Jetstar flight from Okinawa to Tokyo on September 10th when a cabin attendant called over to public address system for help with a medical emergency. Is there a doctor on board? Senior Airman Joshua Eagler of Oklahoma City had his earphones on but had noticed an unusual amount of activity in the aisle. He's probably going, that's an unusual amount of activity. I started noticing the flight attendants walking up and down, Egler said, an aeromedical technician himself. He said during an, a group interview with Friday with Stars and Stripes, and for some reason I looked back and one of the flight attendants was holding an oxygen bottle. 
Egler, senior airman Deanna Atkins, Captain Andrew Jimenez, Captain Jaron Pigal, and Staff Sergeant Elliot Sotnik were en route to temporary duty stateside. Jimenez, a 42-year-old flight nurse from Oceanside, California, was the first to answer the attendance calls. So shout out to the flight nurses out there. What a tough job. At the back of the plane, a man in his early 20s was lying on the floor, an oxygen mask over his face, and a pulse ox, letting you know how much blood oxygen he has, on his finger. The man's O2 sat was much lower than it should have been. It should be like 98, 99 when you're just hanging out. If it's anything below like 92, you're in bad shape. You could tell he was breathing rapidly. You want to calm him and pace his breathing so it's not so fast. The rest of the team followed Jimenez to the area that the flight attendants had cleared by moving passengers to the front. All of us just reacted, Atkins said, a 26-year-old technician from Bentonville, Arkansas. It's what we're trained to do. So people from all over the country, all over the world, responding instantly to a medical emergency. Love that. The team slid into their military roles. Jimenez said he's 48 from Monroe Township, New Jersey. He took control of the scene uh, while, oh, Pagal took control of the scene while Jimenez talked to the man and began a primary assessment. He tasked Sotnik, who's from Georgetown, Massachusetts, with documenting everything for medical providers. Super important to write down when you do first aid and what you do, especially a tourniquet, which is not you know, what we're talking about here, but very important to mark when you put a tourniquet on. The sick man was responsive. He knew his name. He knew where he was. He knew what day it was. It was a good sign, but he complained of numbness and tingling. He asked the passenger what he had been doing prior to the flight. Hey, man, what were you doing before you passed out on the floor of our airplane? He said he had been scuba diving. Pretty much as soon as he said that, all of us had that aha moment, Jimenez said, because they have decompression sickness or the bends. That occurs when divers ascend too quickly and nitrogen bubbles in their body tissue enter their bloodstream. But if you have been diving and then you go flying, that change in altitude, now that you're tens of thousands of feet up in the sky, and that change in pressure, even though the cabin's pressurized, it is different up there, can cause you to have the bends up to 24 hours after you're done diving. You shouldn't fly for 24 hours after you dive. Everyone knows this. 24 hours to be safe. The team stayed with the man until he was passed off to emergency services. The man made it to a local hospital alive, a Jetstar Japan spokesman told Stars and Stripes on Tuesday. As Jetstar Japan, we would like to express our sincere gratitude to those who responded to this medical emergency, the spokesperson said. The 18th wing publicized the incident, and in an email to Stars and Stripes Friday, it said it's considering awards for Jimenez, Padgao, Sotnik, Eagler, and Atkins. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. You better give them that award. By the way, this photo here, the thumbnail for today's show, if you guys listen on the podcast, it looks like they're about to drop the sickest mixtape from the Air Force. It looks like a straight-up band photo, you know? Who, by the way, who's the photographer on this thing? Who framed this photo up? It could have been a lot better, in my opinion, but that's for another time. Shout-out to them. Bravo, Zulu. They are super legit. So I got to drop the super legit. Maybe I don't got to drop the super legit from the ceiling. Hang on, I got to drop the super legit. Oh, God. Oh, God. What's happening? I apologize. Now I got to drop the super legit from the ceiling. I just activated, like, every graphic that I have at the same time. That was crazy. I guess I'm uh, hinting at something for Justin there. I don't know. Maybe I'm hinting at something for Justin. What's going on in the chat? It's so... Let's see. What is going on at the chat? It's so rare they probably didn't believe it would happen to him. Is there a doctor on board? The five docs on board waiting to reply. Yeah. So much green in the chat. I'm pretty sure physics is still ubiquitous. Less than 90 hypoxia. EMT knowledge check. I think that that's right. Yeah, less than 90. 
Always tourniquet the neck. Sam I am. That's terrible advice. Don't listen to him, Sam I am. Nitrogen poisoning. He had to be a novice diver. You know what's weird about that, Kunkel? Is that you would think a novice diver would be the most aware of that threat because they just had the training and they should also be relatively concerned about their safety. They should definitely be concerned about their safety. If they are a novice diver, then they should be worried uh, that they're going to get injured if they uh, don't be careful. So I don't know. I don't know how that happens. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Just what I heard. I am not fighting in the water ever. Not a seal. Sam says. Bricktown, ever wanted to feel needleworms trying to burrow out of it from inside your veins? Try the bends. Have you had the bends? Wow. Never get the bends in aft birthing. Let's see. Solid point, Max. It's interesting. That one was cool. MC says, thank you very much. The graphic says hell. Yeah, I had, I had a hell graphic on the screen. Um, this is, uh, you know, we're approaching the end of the show. We are. We are. And I've got one last story for you guys. I've got one last story. And it's an interesting one, but I got to share it. I really do. I really do have to share this one because I find myself talking a lot of trash on this show. I am a trash talker. I come up here. I, I say mean things about people who are doing hard work. Most of the time, what I say is true. I try to be pretty fair. My complaints are pretty fair. They're definitely based in reality. But here, Humphrey's commissary named best overseas. So the best commissary in the world outside of the United States is in Korea. I guess they have uh, really good Korean food down there. Maybe really good Korean barbecue. The Camp Humphreys Commissary won the title of Best Large Overseas Commissary for 2020. So bravo, Zulu, to the Camp Humphreys Commissary. If you guys have ever been to Camp Humphreys in Korea, let me know. Apparently, there's a Marine Lieutenant Colonel who's probably over there stealing sandwiches, stealing submarine sandwiches. And we covered that last year on that story. Man, it's been a long year. Maybe that was this year. It's been a big year of news. In a virtual ceremony in October, the Defense Commissary Agency, the DCA, presented the Camp Humphreys Commissary with the Dan Daniels Award. The Dan Daniels Award? Recognizing the best large facility serving the military community overseas. The best commissary win was a total team effort. All department employees and vendors really pulled together in an amazing way to achieve this recognition. The Camp Humphreys Commissary team worked hard throughout a year that was heavily impacted by covid to deliver quality products and services for military service members. It says 2020 was a tough year for all of us, but our store employees once again stepped up to the plate and got the job done, said Bill Moore, the director and chief executive officer of the commissary. He, uh, he said, it's an honor to announce awards like these because we cannot understate the service our people render to the greatest customers in the world. The veterans and their families and the Dodea teachers and the DOD civilians and all that. Shout out to them. It says here, the stores were judged on intangible qualities, such as a friendly environment and teamwork, as well as tangible criteria that included sales, customer survey results, safety, accountability, organization, cleanliness, appearance, recycling, display contests, and special events. So, you know, they go out there, they have those big football displays, get your Doritos and your cheese, and they don't sell alcohol at the commissary, but you can get your Pepsi if they have enough aluminum cans out there. Apparently, there's an aluminum can shortage going on in the world. The commissary team takes pride in serving the military community overseas. Our team is truly second to none and daily 
fosters a friendly and hometown atmosphere in this international environment. So bravo Zulu to the Camp Humphreys commissary for being the best overseas. And there's a photo here of the whole gang and what looks like their uh, award that they got. Oh God, this is happening again. I got to do something about this. So, geez, my bad guys. I don't know what's going on with that. All the graphics start popping up, the price sound effects and everything. I don't know. That's going to sound weird on the playback. Um, that's it. That's it. Shout out to Camp Humphreys Commissary over there in Korea. I'm always saying that the commissary has terrible produce. So I wonder what the produce is like over there. Do they have edible vegetables at the Camp Humphreys Commissary? That's the only thing I want to know. If I pick up an apple, is it going to just disintegrate through my hands if I go to that commissary? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm very curious. So uh, we'll see. I think, I, let's see, what's going on here? Are people still making fun of Space Force uniforms, Iron Lotus says? Absolutely. Anyone see that movie Deep Star 6, the very end when the guy rises to the surface super fast? It's gory. I've never seen that. Never had that happen to me. Thankfully, just went through medical training, heard some stuff. Oh, yeah. Don't get the bends, for sure. I'm going to have to look up that scene on YouTube after this. Not on the stream. Who knows what that's going to look like. Do they have sushi that doesn't have mold on it like the one at Camp Lejeune? That's a great question. I cut open a green bell pepper the other day, and there was some stuff growing inside there. I, I think I opened up, and I heard it yelling at me. It was not good. Ice complaint stat over there. Get those ice complaints in. I'm proud of you for not pronouncing aluminum. The Aluminum? Do you mean aluminum? You guys watch uh, Parks and Rec? Arkunkel, good night. Have a great night. Max is trying to send a subtle message with the graphic. Good night, chat. Why can't the military get good produce? Great question. I guess because they have to ship it overseas. Max, last time asking you, update on the book. Oh, Nuggets. Uh, copies of the book are out there being read right now. Okay, so when I get feedback from my readers and I can go make some changes and some corrections and stuff, I'm going to look at uh, finishing this thing up soon. I'm working on it this week during my sleepless nights, which leads to talented writing. So who knows? Who knows what I'm typing in that book right now? But it's definitely being worked on. The book is an ongoing, very active process. I just want you guys to know. Scuttlebutt, are you turning into Gordon Ramsay Hell's Kitchen? Oh, yeah. Never green, Max, only yellow and red and orange. Oh, good tip. Good tip. I'll try to keep that in mind. I do like to use them to add color to my dishes. It does make them look a lot better. And, you know, food is uh, probably 20% how it looks. Aluminium. Deep Star 6, a team of Navy personnel stationed at a temporary base at the bottom of the, must be, ocean, and tasked with setting up nuclear missile diff discovers a huge underwater cavern which houses a giant prehistoric creature. That sounds awesome, and I'm going to try to watch that today, if I can. That'll be, that might be a nice like sci-fi movie to fall asleep to or something like that. All right, guys, with all that being said, and by the way, if you have seen Deep Star 6, let me know how, how it was. If, if uh, hey, what am I doing? That's the end of today's show. Thank you guys for uh, enjoying some time with me this week. I hope I'm doing a good job for you guys. I can't even remember what just happened. I already blanked it all out because I'm so exhausted. I got to go fix my computer. So that's uh, something hanging over my head right now that I'm going to go do. Thank you, everybody, for the Super Chats today. Thank you, all the patrons and members out there. Thank you, everybody, in the chat. Please like and share these videos. Invite people to the channel. We're going for 10,000 this year. We're going for 10,000. So that's the goal by the end of the year. Still a lot of year left. We've got two whole months left to go. So with all that being said... Thank you guys for another great episode. I look forward to talking to all of you very soon. And for now, that's the scuttlebutt.